0: What's going on? It's your boy Cortez, aka Tez Reacts, back at it again with another episode of We're Not Experts. Today, this is going to be a a couples edition of the episode. As you can see, all of my wonderful friends have their beautiful, significant others with them. I'm going to go ahead and let everybody get a chance to introduce themselves, and then I'll introduce my wonderful wife.
1: Alright, how you doing? I know me, I'm Graylin, Max. This is my beautiful lady, Melanie. She'll be joining us today's podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, my name's Sandra. This is my wife, Michaela, if you be with me today.
0: And this is my wonderful wife, Alice. Um, we've been married for two years. We've been together for three. And it's been a, an amazing few years. Um, So what have y'all been doing on this wonderful Sunday? Anybody got any crazy plans, the things that they did this weekend?
1: Yeah, yesterday I went to one of my, my homeboys I met in Korea, uh, his son turned one yesterday. So, uh, Puerto Rican household, so we went over there, <laughs> man. I had to drop off the Coronas and Dos Equis and stuff. <laughs> it, was, it was nice though, Uh yeah. Have a little jump house for the kids and stuff. And they cooked, had some good Spanish good. rice. Yeah. yeah, really good
2: food. And she got to speak, you know, Spanish. So, so <laughs> I can't <provide>. so, No, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we had a good time. It was, it, was, it was, nice. We didn't do much. We didn't do much. We just went to church and we went to the skating rink yesterday, and got some good laughs. And I can't skate. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's actually funny, so yesterday, um, Saturdays are usually pretty busy for us because uh, it's soccer season again. And I'm not head coaching, I'm assistant coaching, but that's that takes up a lot of time because we got two different girls and two different uh, soccer leagues and whatnot. And she went skating. I took the other two kids to Dave and Buster's. And ever since yesterday, I've been tired. Like mad tired just running around with the kids.
3: That's to good to a birthday party. So
0: yeah. So we so, had a good time. Yeah, she went skating. We like,
3: it was it was like Friday. We did a family date night at Applebee's with the kids. <laughs> Saturday we spent some individualized time with the kids and together at the soccer game. So it was good. And we had our regular date night on Wednesday.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, so for y'all, do do y'all do date nights? It's like, do you have like a night sit during the week to just go ahead and go out and get date nights? We,
2: we try to, but it's a little harder, you know, since she at Fort Bragg and I'm at Fort Jackson. So oh.
4: yeah,
2: we got yeah. yeah, we have to find a babysitter one place or the other. But usually, you know, I get my mom if we can, and if she comes down, we have like a little date weekend, I guess. Per se. That
3: sounds nice. Where's the last date weekend you did?
2: It's been a minute. <laughs> 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 oh, we
4: have one last weekend. Well,
2: two, week, well, two weeks ago. It was, yeah, two weeks ago. Written birthday party. What did you say? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. That's what's up. That's
5: nice.
0: What about
1: y'all? I know y'all got the baby. It's, been hard.
5: it's really hard. We don't have a babysitter or nothing. All we have is daycare.
1: I'm so. like, I'm very iffy about it. Letting them through, watching my kids when my kids are that young, so um, I just trust people. So soon, you're gonna see you a little older, start walking.
3: How old are your kids again?
1: Uh, we have my stepdaughter is 11 now. My son is seven, mm-hmm. and then our daughter is probably five months, mother. Yep. Yeah.
4: Oh.
1: Aww. <laughs> so yeah. Soon, I mean, we, we we do a lot of family outings. So sometimes, like, they want to go to their friends, their mom's friend's house to hang out with her kids. Like that's they give us a little time, but it's it still us three. So.
3: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Got to have those family date nights with the kids.
4: Yeah.
3: yeah. There you that's go. The only way now. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. I was gonna say. So we are. Lucky because we got one that's getting ready to be of age. I mean, of course, she can't watch the baby quite yet, but, but... she
3: watched. She'll she, we went to Costco this morning and our she's almost 11. She was here with the 11 year old, two eight year olds, and a five year old for just for like a little bit. And we took the baby with
0: us, yeah. We don't get, of course, we got cameras all around the house, so yeah, so you can see what's going
3: on, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So we He's actually to...
1: installed our cameras, <laughs> 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 we
0: just did it last night, yeah. yeah. No, I highly recommend it. Like we got, we literally got cameras all around this place. So we know exactly what's going on even mm-hmm. when we're not at the house.
2: And they're Thank pretty good know. kids, so. Hey, you can always yell through the camera anyway, though. Yes, you can.
3: <laughs> <laughs> they told you not to go downstairs.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> hey, so the very first thing that we're going to talk about, I mean, because uh, her and I were married and I uh, said, Michaela, y'all are married. And just y'all, uh, Graylin and Mel, like I know y'all are getting ready. Well, y'all, I'm not going to say you're getting ready to get married or anything, but y'all have been together. y'all had a baby and whatnot. So how important do you think it is to lay down ground rules before you go ahead and you step into a huge commitment, such as having a baby or getting married or just being in a long-standing relationship? We got it.
3: I could explain a little more. Our, so we went to pre-marriage counseling before we got married. And they sort of like explained to us like our pastor said he'd been married for like 40 years. And he said they had marriage guardrails, which is kind of like their boundaries within their marriage. And um, so he helped us to create marriage guardrails. So I guess guardrails, another word, ground rules, just is that something? That most that other couples do like come together and have a consensus, or is it more go with the flow? I'm just you know I guess that's is that the
0: yeah that's pretty much what I was asking yeah
2: I don't think we necessarily had them like when we got in a relationship, but uh, I feel like when we got married, we actually sat down and talked about uh, like what we expected from each other and you know things of that nature. But I think a lot a lot of relationships could last longer if people went in with their like expectations, you know, not just like kind of putting on that false front of like, this is who I am and mm-hmm. X, Y, Z. You know what I'm saying? As they sat down and set some rules and
5: stuff up.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much what he said uh, before you make that big commitment, sit down and just talk to each other. Uh, and also, I mean, it's gonna differ per, per relationship because of your backgrounds and like, you know, religion and stuff like that, how y'all go about it. But at the end of the day, all it really is, is just two people sitting across from each other and talking about what they expect and what they want out of life, you know what I mean? So that's really it. I mean, yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean Because you have to, like, say was what you're saying, communicating those expectations early. Like, if you are saying that you want a wife who does, X, Y, and Z, but you never talk about those things. That's how that resentment builds up. Then eventually Mm -hmm. that marriage falls apart. And anybody who has been married for a little while, they'll tell you that. I mean, just that's why a lot of marriages fall apart, especially in our society where we believe that we're supposed to get everything that we want in marriage. You want to
3: read this? You want to read that?
0: Oh, yeah. So some of the marriage guardrails that were, uh, that came up while we were at church, So of course, uh, since it is church-based, God comes first. All right, so make sure that you make time to pray together. Um, Spend regular personal time with God. All right, that's a non-negotiable. Play together, laugh together, have regular date nights. Uh, Every year, take a trip without the kids. No pornography, do not eat alone, travel alone, or meet alone behind closed doors with the opposite sex. Do not leverage or withhold sex as a punishment to get what you want. Don't talk about details of your sex life with friends. And don't argue in the bedroom. And those are just the bases. And then, of course, you build on from there. But do y'all think, do you see anything wrong with any of those? No. Nah,
4: like, <laughs> yeah, I
1: feel like, uh, like for me, and comment on that i mean like that that's that's y'all guardrails i'm sorry we may think it's crazy or we may not but it doesn't matter i think because it's it's y'all's you know what i mean so that's what helps y'all work and i'll be
0: it i mean no so i'm trying to figure out for y'all you know like if there was anything that you would tweak from there like what would be some things that you would tweak
5: or or things or things things that you would add to
0: questions or anything like that
5: What did you say that you couldn't do with the opposite sex?
0: So just uh, do not eat alone, travel alone, or meet alone behind closed doors with the opposite sex.
3: So kind of like, uh, I think I have a, like one of my friends, Clay, you know, like that's just kind of like a, a friend that I had, you know, that I'd hung out with a lot before, you know, Cortez and I were together. But like once we got married, if I hang out with him, Cortez is hanging out with him too. Yeah. that makes sense, like
2: the three of us would go hang out, yeah, I was kinda of in a scenario like that with me being at Jackson. I had a, I guess it was a lot of you know people of color down there, so naturally we like grad, uh you know gravitate to each other, so a lot of other there was a female drill, so like we would all go out out to work and stuff, but before me and my wife got married and I first got there, you know, I was going with them by myself, but like once we got engaged like. I stopped doing that because I just didn't feel like it was right or oh, and I know I wouldn't want her doing that myself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, yeah, that uh, and to us, those things have worked so far um, and of course, like I said, it's just things that we build upon and then if we look at it every few months or like a, every little while or so and just kind of make sure that we're still Keeping those up just to hold ourselves accountable. They also make you sign it, <laughs> so you put your signature on there like it's a little contract. I
4: look at it, <laughs> I'm trying to remember it.
3: Yeah, Some of the stuff
0: on there. But so speaking of guardrails and you know just married life, the whole Will Smith scenario. All right, and if you are one of the people that are tired of hearing about it, and that's what the timestamps are for. You can go ahead and click past it, and you can hear us talk about something else. How do y'all feel about that whole Will Smith, Chris Rock debacle at the Oscars?
3: Can I give a little background? Sure. So a little background just on reading up on Will Smith and Jada's marriage because their marriage was very interesting to me. Uh, Will Smith grew up in a Christian background. Jada grew up in a more, um, hmm, what is that, modern? I don't, I don't know. You know, so they do have two different backgrounds and I love the fact that they got married and they supported each other. You know, Jada said that uh, she felt like um i don't want to get too much into details but long story short they were first monogamous and they were polygamous and then they went back to monogamy um but the thing is that will always said he's never getting a divorce like he's going to stand by his wife no matter what you know i do feel like will is a big supporter and advocate of jada you know he's experienced divorce before he doesn't want to go through that again you know and I feel like a lot of people have been laughing at Will, um, and I'm, I mean, I don't know, long story short, I'm, I'm team Will and team Rock. I'm team human, like humans make mistakes, and you know, that's it, and that's all for me.
2: I mean, I i feel as though that it wasn't actually that scenario that pushed me over the edge. I just think that it was a whole bunch of things, like people always saying stuff, and I just felt like that was like the final breaking point, but like all of us been out together and we've been out different places and seen people getting fights. And I mean we've seen men getting fights for doing less. Yeah. So I mean I can understand it myself. I mean, was that the best time and place? No. But is it understandable from a man who has emotions like that? Yeah, I would say so.
1: But yeah, been been to a meme and watching everybody talk about your wife and everything they did or she did and then her. Went on, on live TV and saying it was a, a situation ship and that that was born. you know what I mean? The whole term itself. But I'm like, you said, that, that probably wasn't I mean, that that was the, the, the breaking point for him, like live TV and you got a comedian talking about it, like and then he probably just saw himself kind of getting getting over it, and then you have a, a guy make a joke about her her disease, you know what I mean? That that will piss any off. So I'm actually like, I I respect him for it. Most people would have been like, you know what? i talked to him after the awards, whatever. Nah, he he wanted to make it known, look, this shit will stop now.
0: Yep, that's what I I totally agree. So I, I see it from two different perspectives, right? And I've been going back and forth on how I feel about it and who I really agree with. So when it comes to, you know, just comedians, being comedians and having their jokes, you know, at the end of the day, as a grown, as an adult, especially as men, we know for a fact that anything you say can spark some type of physical altercation when it comes to meeting up with another man. Um, But in, in regards to comedy, they always get that little bit of leniency in regards to saying whatever they want and whatnot. So in the aspect of how he walked up on stage, I do think that was a thousand percent wrong, but then, there was audio that popped up that said he uh, he told Chris Rock beforehand, you know, don't mention me or my family and all this other stuff. And back, I'm going to take it back to 2016, because remember when Jada was doing the whole Oscar boycott? and we yeah. were talking about that. And, you know, Chris Rock was the one that chimed in, you know, saying what he said, like, yeah, well, nobody invited you to come to the Oscars anyway. So I don't even know how you're mentioning it and all this other stuff. And the fact that he made the good hair documentary, you know, talking about black women's hair and all this other stuff. And I don't know if y'all seen that video of him with all those white comedians. I think it was Louis CK, Seinfeld was there and there's one more, Ricky Gervais. Y'all see that video?
2: No, I ain't never seen that one.
0: So there's a video of them floating around on the internet and you know, Ricky Gervais, and what's his face? They're just dropping the N-word around Chris Rock. They're like, you know, and they're just saying it like right, like, and it, everybody else except Seinfeld. Seinfeld was the one that had to chime in, and he's oh, like, I you know. It. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, so you know what yeah. I'm talking about. Where everybody's just signing off with the N-word, and he's the only one that has something to say about it, and Chris Rock is sitting there. So it already kind of makes him look like he don't really care too much about Black people to begin with. So I can understand why Will got all upset about it. And, but my biggest thing with Will is like, out of everybody, well, that dude tried him in public. But Chris Rock ain't a hard dude. He's about 140 pounds soaking wet. Like he's not gonna, he's not much of a threat. So him slapping him, to me, it's not really like a big, it's not like a big thing. Like, I don't think it makes him look tough. I don't think it, it does that for me. I think he could have handled it a different, well, he could have handled it afterwards. But then again, it's a human moment. I mean, it was a human reaction and he felt like, you're coming at my wife. So, I mean, he did what he had to do. I don't agree with the fact that he removed himself from the academy. They're pulling all his, like uh, he has a movie he's making on Netflix right now and they're pulling funding for it and all this other stuff. So I don't think he needs to be under all this scrutiny. He apologized. I think we should all just let it go, to be honest. Yeah, because other actors definitely did worse, so. Absolutely. And I I think he's, I mean, of course, when you're, because he is a man that's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, and as a man that's worth hundreds of millions of dollars, you should know better than to put your hands on somebody else, especially in a public forum, because that will get your, that will get your money taken away quick, fast, and in a hurry. Because if you get somebody who has lesser money than you or, it doesn't even matter they're going to try to sue you regardless i mean i do think jada probably should have said something to him but i can also understand you know he's just like forget all that i'm gonna do what i gotta do i mean and i'm pretty sure anybody here any of us if we felt like our woman was being disrespected we're going to go ahead and we're going to check that also but i just wanted to throw my piece in on there you know just because everybody's talking about it and I don't really talk too much on social media. I just kind of, you know, observe everything and whatnot. Mm -hmm.
2: And I think a lot of people always like give him like a bad rap. Like he just got ran over by Jada, but I'm pretty sure he was probably with another woman. No, he was. He was. They always try to make it seem like he was like not doing nothing that caused her to be that way, you know. No, so with that, I
3: think I read he was with Holly Berry and some other people. I'm that's sure
0: fine. It's but, just been private. That's fine, but he didn't go on a on a TV show and discuss it and say, oh, oh yeah, you know, to how to I hurt you that. this many times. Like no,
3: no, he wrote it in his book. It's in his book.
0: Yeah, but still, he's not discussing it. There. He's not having his his wife in front of a camera, embarrassing him, talking about all oh, this.
1: If you watch that video, there was so much more. Yeah. And then for her to claim it's like not cheating, to to, <laughs> to coin a new term on it, like it's a situation ship. Like, come on. That that just shows that you're not taking accountability of what you actually did. No, yeah. she wasn't. And
0: the relationship, the relationship itself was predatory because she she was supposed to be helping this dude heal. And now all of a sudden now you're having sex with him. Like to me, that's very predatory.
2: Yeah, because he he's like he's young and what she like almost 50, right?
0: Well, yeah, it's not just that, but he was also dealing with a lot of loss. So mm-hmm. people in his, in his life were like dying. He was really in a bad mental space. And, you know, she does this whole thing where she's supposed to, like, she heals people and people look for her for this energy. And she was supposed to be counseling him. And, but then she crossed that line and they started having their uh, their entanglement. That's very predatory in my I opinion. I don't like the word
3: predatory. It's predatory. Just because an older woman is with a younger man. That's no, predatory. no, no. It's
0: not It's not about the younger woman and the, the man. It's about but, the state he was in, how she took advantage of him. Yes, she took advantage of the state, of the mental state that he was in. To me, that's what's predatory about it. <laughs> All right, but anyway... I mean, we could talk about Will Smith all day, but at the end of the day, these are real people that are dealing with real situations. So my question to y'all is, like I've seen a lot of tweets and stuff like that. It talks about, well, Carrie Hilson, she put out a tweet like a long time ago where she talked about, you know, in certain situations I can be, depending on who the man is and like how the man is, I can submit to that type of man. But do you think that, Conditional submission is a real thing. Like, do you think that a woman who is used to being in that, that front seat being very dominant, do you think she could be submissive just because she's with a certain person? I
2: think a lot
3: of times, we'll, go ahead. I think if a woman is dominant, it's hard for her to submit. I'll say that. <laughs> 100 percent
2: it don't matter who the man is they're still gonna fight him yeah they said like if i get this if i get this kind of man i'm gonna be this type of way no you're not gonna turn off who you are fundamentally just because you with somebody else
0: yeah that's that was the biggest issue so what I had.
3: did carrie hilson say yes, let she me said see. Like, i, see if I, I can already kind of guess because i've heard women say it before they're only going to submit to a certain kind of man. Conditional submission is what you're saying, right? Yes. So, I mean, the idea of submission, again, that's a that's a that's a religious idea. It's a religious, you know, back background. And in the Bible, it says the man is supposed to submit to God and love his wife, like Jesus loved the church, and then the woman should submit to the man. So isn't conditional submission in the Bible?
0: Mm, yes. So
3: it doesn't say that just submit. well first of all
0: let me read the tweet so it says men who provide emotional security and display wise leadership will get the softest most feminine relaxed trusting guard down submissive nurturing version of their woman she's right i don't necessarily agree just because like cedric was saying um when it comes to you being who you are you can't just turn those those traits off i mean yes of course you will allow somebody to do certain things for you but in your mind, if it's not done within a certain time frame, in a certain way, you're going to want to do it yourself.
3: All she said is pr- provide emotional security and wise leadership. So she's not even saying that it needs to be, sh- that way the woman is not in a state of um, of uh, trying to figure everything out or like, you know, if that makes sense, Cortez, like.
0: No, it makes sense. Yeah. But- I still don't agree with the statement. What about y'all, what what are y'all takes on that? Do you, well, uh, Graylin and Melanie, y'all got any thoughts on that?
1: Not with the whole religious aspect. The whole submission thing, I'm not. I've always found it better for both parties to be on the same level they take care of the, I mean, you can take care of different things and stuff, but it's literally just, I don't like to say 50-50, i like to say 100-100, but uh, no one's really in charge. Like, y'all work together. Like, that that's thats how I've always seen my relationships. I feel like if you get someone who's submissive, they get too buried in that role, and then they don't start taking care of, like, like taking initiative to do things. And that, that will eat away at you, because you feel like the only person taking care of things in the relationship. I just... Me personally,
0: I'm never actually like the type of outlook look on it. I got you. I mean, of course, different strokes,
2: different folks. I just think certain people have different kinds of roles. Like in every relationship you have to identify like what that person is gonna be responsible for. Cause everybody can't do everything. Like I know I can't do everything. So there's certain things that I need my wife to do or vice versa. Like I know she's not gonna do that. And you know, just as a man, I feel like I should be doing a certain thing, you know?
0: yeah no i completely agree with what you just said so yeah you have to and it goes into you know when you first get into a relationship you know putting down exactly what you're expecting because yeah if you're expecting somebody you're expecting to be a tyrant like as a husband and you know you have a wife that's kind of dominant you know that's not going to work and uh, like I said, look, thankfully, ain't none of us are in the dating market right now because that's a huge thing that a lot of people are dealing with. And if you hear a lot of conversations that are taking place, they're talking a lot about, you know, dominance and submission, and they're talking about well, men are supposed to be this way and women are supposed to be this way. There's a whole subgenre on the internet of people just going back and forth, and talking about, well, just pretty much the genders fighting amongst each other. And like I was talking about last week or last time we talked when it came to the whole incel community, and you know there's a bunch of people out here they are not they're not really dating they're not having sex or anything and populations are dwindling you know just because uh you know people aren't people aren't doing the things that they used to do at some at one point just because mm-hmm. everybody's fighting
4: mm-hmm.
0: I mean. <laughs>
1: So what'd you say? Meg, you said something? Oh, yeah, I said the population's dropped down a few billion. Mm-hmm. Resources are doing
0: them. <laughs> Yeah, and even in, uh, in places like Japan, there's a term to where, you know, single people, like during, uh, like single people were committing suicide a lot more over in Japan just because, you know, people are miserable right now. And as much as we don't want to admit it, like we need each other. Men and women need each other. And I'm sick of having to fight that whole idea that you know that we don't, yeah
2: I think, but i I think in our culture, and somebody I saw somebody like when you said strong, independent woman, what comes to mind? and and to me, that when somebody says strong, independent woman, I automatically think of a black woman because I feel like that term is associated with black women and that their bred or like society forces them to think that they have to be independent. I think everybody needs somebody because you can't do anything in life by yourself. And for that to be put on somebody saying that you need to be you know independent is, is a false reality. Because but it goes
1: back be- into government and, and breaking up the black household so that's that's a whole other thing when it comes yeah. to the term that's strong black women because if you break down the, the, the word or the term I mean, it's a strength. You're by yourself, independent, and you're a woman. But we coined it to, to think Black women because of the push not the Black man in the household, making the Black woman raise kids, putting us in jail. It, it goes back into all that shit, man. Like, that's some other shit. But uh, I, I agree with you.
0: And the, the sad reality is growing up in a household where I had a mother who was a single Black woman, and she had always had that attitude of, you know, I got to do everything myself. And just, you know, seeing that growing up, it just, it, it teaches a certain level of dysfunction.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, I love my mom. Like I have nothing negative to say about my mom, but it's just like, it's the way that she was raised and it's what society has been pushing. And yeah, of course, like we were talking about, there's evidence. There's like the whole welfare system, first and foremost, was set up, yeah, yeah was set up to get us out of the households. And of course they, <laughs> I ain't gonna get political, but the uh, the way that everything was set up where they started arresting everybody, where well, they started arresting the, the men in the community and they left the crackheads to raise everybody in the hood. To me, that, that was the most messed up thing that you could have done. Like, you took all the fathers out of the household and you left the crackheads on the street. Like, what did you think was gonna happen to us?
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, the whole Planned Parenthood initiative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trying to.
0: Like I said, we can talk about this all day long. But that's emotional. Yeah. But let me go ahead and move on from that. So all of us are pretty much step parents. In some way, like, shape, or form. I don't
4: like the word step.
0: All right. What do you like? Bonus? We're all parents. All parents. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's cool, that's We're cool. all parents. So, yeah, but I'm just going by, you know. Like, uh, blended families. Blended families,
3: yes. blended blended families. families. I like that. Yeah, we, we all have blended We're families. We're all
0: in blended families, right? Yeah. So.
3: Well, so. that's a good question. Do other people use the word step? Like if people ask you about your kids, do you use the word step? Because I don't use the word step. I just say no, I just they're my kids. My kids.
4: Mm-hmm. I, I do. What do you say? <laughs>
1: It goes back to back in my single days.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: right. uh, I found it I found it easier to maneuver with people if they knew how many kids you had, right? Mm-hmm. So, but you know, I have, I have my son, I have my stepdaughter. So if they know, like if they get into a relationship with me, a hundred percent they're gonna have to deal with my son. They may not have to, you know. It's it's kind of weird, but gotcha.
0: No, I got you. Yeah. No, and it, it, it sounds a little bit more commendable when you tell a woman like, "Yeah, I got my my son, and I got, I got my stepdaughter." Yeah, because it's like, "Oh, you
1: still take care of her even though you're not married." Yeah, because I'm the only father she knows. But so like that. That's just I didn't want to leave her behind type shit. So that's just who I am as a person. You see me, you know who I am. Now you know where my morals are. Like it just makes it easier moving along. So, <laughs> but right like not now. I, I really don't say stepchild anymore. I Just say my daughter. So I mean.
2: I grew into it. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely a grow into type of thing, you know, you know, depending on, depend on the relationship the child has with, you know, the actual father, too. Yeah. So,
4: so
0: what does he say? Uh, mm-hmm.
3: Let say again? So everybody just says their child. Yeah, it's
0: just their child. So, of course, being in blended families, we have different. So, of course, you got the nuclear family and then you got blended families. And we all have our different things that we go through in regards to parenting. Um, I was going to say, so what are some of the challenges that y'all feel like you face? I mean, of course, like we're not trying to you know, start up no like arguments or anything like that. But what are some of the, uh, the challenges that you feel that you face that people need to be aware of when they are getting ready to step into a blended family situation and uh-huh. i'll start because i don't want y'all to just be out there <laughs> long Man, I
3: think, list don't you not,
0: not a long goodness. list. Uh, goodness <laughs> like just the biggest thing is just uh and of course when it's like when kids is they're getting a little bit older the thing that i'm starting to realize a little bit more is just that <sighs> as that step-parent you have to well as the the secondary parent or whatever you want to call it the blended parent you have to figure out where you're uh, where you fit in it I mean of course it's always going to be a little bit easier if the father figure or the mother figure isn't necessarily around but of course you have to figure out how to support how to make how to add yourself into the mix without shoehorning yourself in there and being all extra with it and I think that's the biggest challenge that I've had to overcome is just trying to figure out what my role is in regards to parenting the kids or parenting my bonus kids. And just me trying to figure out exactly how I fit in into that scenario. What about y'all?
2: Yeah, I, I definitely think it's different two, two types of ways if the other parent is involved and if he's not, you know? Because I feel like if he is, you have to accept the fact that your significant other is gonna have to deal with that person, you know? somebody who's more of a jealous type they may not like that it might be hard for them to just like hey she's she's got to communicate with him you know to be you know to have good co-parenting you know
3: so we are very lucky because we have a great co-parenting situation so um so the kids i don't know how to really say it so like uh like my kid's father lives in the neighborhood. So the kids live one week here and the other week at their dad's house. And sometimes Cortez coaches soccer for the oldest. And long story short is that you know they all, like it's very copacetic, which I really appreciate because at the end of the day, it's about what's best for the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, It's about what's best for the kids. Like we've had to put our feelings aside and I feel the same way about the mother of his children she lives you know out of state but i've told cortez like i would welcome her you know if she wanted to come for thanksgiving or something i would welcome her with open arms because you know like over time it's just as long as the parents are keeping it like a business transaction between themselves and that ex there's really nothing to to be concerned about like you know, like she,
0: she want me to invite chaos into the house.
3: No, that's not what I said. That's <laughs> not chaos. Not. Well, he, they, him and his, my ex-husband and his wife has been in our garage. We've had parent meetings to discuss the kids, you know, like we do birthday parties together. I mean, they come on the porch. They literally have done everything, but come all the way inside the house. But, you know, um, I just think if, if the parents can keep it like a business transaction, there's no personal feelings involved. There's no secrecy or anything, you know, like it can be, like we trust each other. There's, I mean, that's all that there is to it. Cause it's about the best interest of the kids in my opinion, at the end of the day. And I just feel very fortunate that we've been able to be like that. How do you feel?
0: I mean, yeah, like I said, our, our parenting situation is good. Like, but when it comes to my ex or my baby mama at no time soon am I inviting her down here.
3: Well, I think there's also a difference in ages because I'm, you know, I'm almost okay. Never mind. I'm not gonna talk about my age because um... <laughs> kill it. But you know, I'm I'm I feel like what I'm 10 years older than your ex-wife. Maybe by the time in 10 years, you know, she'll be at a place where she'd be comfortable. I don't know. I think I think just life experience shows you that. You know, like we have here and now and today and we have the best interests of our kids. And there's I just sometimes you have to put your feelings aside for the greater good.
2: I feel like as a man, sometimes, you know, it can be hard. Like, say, for instance, this is an example. Like, if you know you're doing everything for this child, you're taking care of and you're feeding them and you're doing X, Y, Z for them, but they don't call you dad like that. I, I feel like that hurts man. But yet, you you know, the child is calling the other person dead that don't call them or, you know, don't take care of them at all, you know. But, you know, I guess as a child get over, they see that. But, you know, initially, that I think that could be hard for a man.
3: So you could have another word. So I actually have <laughs> my bonus kids. They call me Umi. So when I met them, because I did not feel comfortable with them calling me by my first name, because I feel like as a sense of respect, I take care of them a lot you know I provide you know cook for them and comb their hair and take them drive them so I didn't feel comfortable going into the store and hearing like a you know five-year-old say hey Alice can you get me these lucky charms uh, so I I kind of learned that from um, who was it Alicia Keys I think her bonus kids call her Umi and I kind of wish I could think you know but I feel like a term of endearment doesn't have to be if their father's now alive. life you know, like I feel like their moms and their life. they don't call me mom; they call me Umi. My daughters actually call Cortez a Stad, yeah, they don't.
0: They call me but Cortez. he tells them not to. I tell them to call me Cortez; that's my name. But
3: it's all good. They try to call him Stad—that step dad combined—but yeah. he tells them to just say Cortez. So I guess it's just how each person feels about it. I guess it's how each person feels about it, you know. Yeah. Nah.
0: I do not allow them to call me that. So I wouldn't I, let them call like me it, by my first just name. Just call me Cortez. That's my name. It's all good.
3: So I think in conclusion, it's know, what just, each person
0: you is you didn't even, like uh I wanted to hear Mac and Melanie's perspective.
5: So recently the kids started uh, to ask me if they can call me their stepmom. They're like, are you my stepmom? I'm like, yeah, I'm your stepmom, but You know, you're my bonus kids in a sense, you know, like I said, I don't really like that step mom step kid thing because it just puts it into that perspective, you know, well, I have my full kid right with my partner and I have my step kids. But no, to me, it's just all one. So, but they still don't call me mommy or nothing. They just call me Miss Melanie, which I'm okay with because it's what they're comfortable with. So I just, since they're still really young, I just let, I just go at their pace pretty much and their
1: comfort zone. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, oh, yeah. kind of okay. bouncing off what uh said was saying. Like it could be hard for the the stepdad uh, or you know the dad. Pretty much based off like if if the kid calls you stepdad or dad or um if the the biological is in the, the picture or not. Like with me, I met my my stepdaughter at the age of three, and. He wasn't really in the picture like he, he was like next door but wasn't in the picture but uh it kind of made it easier for me to kind of you know come into her life and be her father figure and stuff like that and then just i mean we she 12 11 now so it's, it's been rolling you know what i'm saying so we've been good um i was gonna ask you guys kind of move on a little bit with this with this topic when it comes to disciplining the kids right is that something and like we talked about earlier how you sit down and you know do boundaries and stuff like that how do y'all talk about disciplining the kids when it's not you're not the biological parent is it okay like what was, what's y'all, y'all guardrails
0: so i was gonna say say y'all want to start because Michaela looked like she got something to say
2: <laughs> i mean at first i was like no but now i'm just like okay you can
3: discipline it as if that was your own child because, I mean, she calls
2: him dad and stuff, so. Aww. I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm different. You have to get that vibe going. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when it's okay for you to actually step into that role as being like a disciplinary, yeah. you know, like, you know, doing that towards them because, you know, at the end of the day, you can't, like, if that person going to be a child, you can't just not let them do whatever they want to do, especially if you end up having a child, that person going to be like, well, why are you discipline me, but you ain't discipline her. So you gotta have, you know, the same standard for all the kids.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, you absolutely right. It's gotta be fair across the board. So for Not 100%. us, for us, it's a little bit different because, like I said, they have an active father in their life. When it comes to disciplinary action, the most thing that I'll do is I'll make them like stand in a corner. I may uh I might make them like <laughs> I don't know. I'm depending on like how I'm feeling. I never put my hands on them though. Like, but I think I'm so past putting my hands on kids, just
4: yeah,
0: just all together, because I, I don't put my hands on none of the kids because I don't have to. All I have to do as of right now is just raise my voice a little bit. And That's everything good. is done. But her on the other hand, she got. She out here fighting for her life and a kind of respect. <laughs> and she got a damn near like knock <laughs> one of the kids up in order to get, get some respect. I, I think that's just uh, the, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, of course, that's a joke, of course. She's not out here beating the hell out of kids, but so. she she got a she got a squabble. <laughs> for yeah. That's
1: that's kinda how our household is. Like with the kids living in so many different places. You know, they, they, they get used to different adults and how they run the households like that. So when they came here with me, it was, it's like breaking new ground all over again, you know? And like, all I gotta do is raise my voice. And Delson and Lonnie, they snapped to it. Right. But they've been kind of giving her a little bit of, a little bit of attitude. And I know I didn't teach them that. They, they got there from somewhere else, but.
5: <laughs> I gotta repeat myself more than once, usually.
1: Yeah, and then
5: raise my voice on top of that. It's like.
1: Delson, he's just like me. which is. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was, that was bad as hell when I was a kid. But um I mean it's it's getting better. Like they with us for like two and a half years, so hopefully by next year they they straight. Sooner than that.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah. So I am gonna ask
0: you, like, well no, you get bro. Go ahead. Right, what's up? No, I was just gonna ask her, you know, like what do you do when I'm not around and whenever you feel like they're not listening and whatnot.
3: I don't know. Send them to their room, talk to them. I talk to the kids.
0: Yeah, she rose, she was raised in a white neighborhood, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey.
1: That's crazy though. Like me and my brother and my cousin, we were like the three ninjas running around, like I'm talking about we was in church, man, running around, hitting a drum set and take off, boom, <laughs> gone. <bro. laughs> but no, uh, I look back on it and I think it's just it's just a generation too, like. We didn't have a lot of electronics and shit. We was always outside getting into trouble. So with them, like they're more calm as kids than, than I was. So when it comes to like getting in trouble, they it's not really a lot. A lot of times we actually have to like get real crazy with them or like I, I stopped I stopped with my kids like four or five years ago. All it takes is the talking to they they know what I used to be about, so they don't want to like mess with me. But <laughs> it works out. I mean. Her is going to take some getting used to because she's not a, a yeller like I am, but it's also stepping into that role of like, okay, when do I assert myself and how do I assert myself? Because again, these aren't my biological kids, even though you know we sat down and we talked about it, and made it known like, hey, you know, do you as far as just putting the kids? Obviously, just don't knock them out, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you know, you got to yell at them, yell at them, you got to talk to them, talk to them, just. Make sure they not walk around this house disrespecting you because they disrespect you, they're disrespecting me. So that's just the understanding that we have.
5: If they not, if they keep making like the same mistakes, I guess, or like keep messing up on certain stuff, I'll sit them down and I'm like, hey, what's going on? Because it's not always the yelling that helps because they sometimes don't really understand like what am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. What did I miss? You know, I just sit them down, hey, what's going on? You know, and that's how I get them to talk, see how they're feeling. And did I say something wrong to them or something like that? And then we just have a regular conversation and we just go from there and things roll better when we sit down and have conversations rather than me just yelling at the kids and be like, Hey, why didn't you clean your room? You know, you should have cleaned your room. Like, did you have something else going on or something like that? Yeah. And it works out pretty good.
0: I ain't gonna lie to you. Once these kids start getting a little bit older and their mouth start running, that disrespect will be running strong.
3: Cortez calls a disrespect but I feel like sometimes they're just asking questions like when I say something Cortez expects them to like just follow along with it but you know we have a 10 year old that's you know she's really she's smart and she's a little assertive and so she'll ask questions about it And he's like wow she is so disrespectful to you and I'm like I don't really see it as disrespectful. I feel like... So check it's, the,
1: it's the tone of voice, yeah, though. You can a ask tone. a question but yeah. you ask and it in the, in the right tone. Because they try
0: to get
4: not, you it. mm-hmm. yeah.
0: <laughs> So it's not just that either, right? So I'm going to use this as an example. So this happened today. We left the house. Uh, we told everybody, to go ahead and make cereal for breakfast. All right, cool. When we come back. Somebody had the waffle iron up. And... uh. It was like, okay, so who told you to use a waffle iron? Well, you know, I didn't, uh, I don't know if this is a good example, but I ended up asking. It. Yeah, she just didn't
3: listen.
0: Yeah, she just didn't. She, but she didn't listen.
3: hear it. She said she didn't hear
0: it. She don't be listening. <laughs> don't be listening. Like, and that, I, to me, that's what I've used disrespect is like, I heard it. I was standing here. I know you heard it. You heard everything else she said, except this one little thing here that you just, you left out. And I just feel like that's a lot of times that's disrespectful. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe, maybe it's something wrong with me, but
1: just little things. We kind like of been like trained to look at stuff like that too. Like we've yeah. been that type of stuff for years. So it's like we, we can we can tell somebody's been a smart ass, you know, or something
0: yeah. like I, I know when somebody's being a smart ass to me, no, like straight up.
3: Right. Yeah, you Cortez does identify it a lot better than I do. He can pay attention to the tone of voice. To the direction they're looking true. in their eyes. I feel like he's really reading into it. And you're right, maybe it is some of your background with your career where you can tell where people are being disrespected.
0: That and the rolling of the eyes.
1: Mm.
0: I don't know what, like, just because the- you got to think about it, like,
1: our line of work, like, we, we, we were, it's, it's easy to see it for us because, like, the people we, we're over, they can't, like, physically come at us. So they got to find the ways to disrespect us. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So, tone of voice, rolling of the eyes. Body gestures, like however, like, we, we, we pick up on that like that. So,
0: yeah, I ain't gonna lie to you. Like, a lot of times I'd be finding myself wanting to posture. <laughs> <Hey, what? laughs> <laughs> but then I, just, I had to realize, like, I'm not at work. <laughs> <laughs> so, you just sitting there, just festering, like, <laughs> I'm talking about.
3: <laughs> and you know what with my background having been a teacher for you know I was a teacher for 10 years like you can't do you can't treat kids in a classroom like that like you have to talk to the kids you have to try to understand them like and you definitely don't constantly call kids out on being disrespectful because that's just not the environment that the class like my classrooms have ever had so it's different we talk a lot. I talk
1: a lot more than you do. Yeah, you're lucky. So would you say that, okay, so your occupation kind of changed how you parent then?
3: Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, so, Because, like, if you look at it, like, within your household, do you treat your kids the same way you would treat them or other kids in the classroom? Like, shouldn't they be a little different, you think? Because these are, like, these are your kids, so how... Do
3: you I treat them?
0: So, with her, I just feel like a lot of time. So, it just... When it comes to us, we have... Different views sometimes on how we like to raise the kid. So she like me. It, there's different types of parents, right? There's the I a, do a, truth like in the classroom because sometimes, yeah,
3: sometimes they have to do like the, I'll give them workbooks where they have to do like that could be a punishment having to sit down and do workbooks, you know, for a few hours or having to do a book report or go practice your piano. Like I do have a high standard when it comes to education in our household. Uh, whereas, um, it's just, it's a good balance. Like, I do yeah, treat yeah, them a little bit. Cortez because says I, Cortez says, Cortez is more fun. Yeah, I, I play the game with the but kids. And games I with them. And like,
0: I like she have them doing workbooks during the week. <laughs> i will be like, dang, they just came back from school, you know. Yeah, like, and Cortez
3: <laughs> played a game again. So, it's a good balance because I do treat them like I would. I mean, obviously, if it's ever extreme, I can, I, I, I mean, I've spanked them a few times. But...
2: I think it also might just be how you was raised, like in the age of parents, like my parents are already 41. They already had unraised raised four or five kids already by the time they, I came along. And I was with my grandma. I'm like, my grandma is like really old school. She's 97 now. She was born in 1922. So that ideology that they have, how a child's supposed to be, it could be different from somebody who yeah. didn't get raised like that way because they were, my grandma ain't tolerating no back talk. Like it's, yes, ma'am. That's the end of a period. Ain't no asking questions or can I do, no. What did I say? You say something like that, hey. bam. <laughs> that's you. Yeah, get, get, get the switch, boy, get
0: switched. <laughs> I used to hate
2: yeah. it.
0: So I do have a question for y'all because uh, like, I do feel like when it comes to general, like, of course you have to change. Well, no, that's my question. Do y'all feel like you have to change the way that you parent because of the times? Mm-hmm. Do you think that, that do you think that the old way, like them transforming like transforming the way that people parent now, do you think it's good or do you think that it's bad?
1: I think it's bad.
0: I, I think
2: it's bad, too.
1: When me and my my two siblings, uh, the first core family we have, my father and my mom, we're like split and everything like that. Like we were raised a certain way down South Texas, right? That, you know, stuff happens, goes, creates a new family. My little sister, this has a lot to do with me. I raised too, I believe. But my little sister was born. Her mom is a half white, half Italian. My dad's obviously black. Um, they raised her completely different on how they raised me, my brother, and my sister. The girl grew up like to me, like entitled. She got everything she wanted. It wasn't whoopings, it was timeouts. And she 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 just like even now you talk to her, she seemed like she's very entitled. She just deserves everything in the world without working for her, right. Me like I'm not like I'm total opposite. I feel like the old school way of raising kids it, it works. I feel like like you you sometimes you got to put your hands on the kids. Y'all let them know what's what's right and what's wrong. I mean, like you like when you go to the store and the kids ask for you candy or like they want toys all the time at the store. Like no, that, that can't always be the case. Like we didn't come here for that. We're getting what we need and we're going. You can't just get everything you want. So like just just that small aspect of how. Like old school raising kids was it was like it's so important to to build those those that foundation of like just knowing right from wrong you know what i mean and 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 being treated not like a princess or a prince like you're you're a human this is how the world works like you're not gonna get everything you want so to me it's old school is better how you feel Sid?
2: yeah i feel the same way especially like being you know seeing what 18 year olds look like when they're leaving high school I can tell the one that (sighs) had a parent that was like on them and what just give them everything that they want because they tend to be able to handle a little more and and stand out as like far as being a leader somebody that has gotten everything that they always wanted or or didn't have any resistance growing up they just like fold under the slightest bit of pressure like my, my dad was real hard on me like my dad was a, a real dad. Like, I mean, now I say real dad. I mean, like, we didn't have the relationship that we have now. I can talk to my dad about anything, but, like, kind of me growing up, my dad was strictly business. Like, homework, being respectful, all of that, and that was it. Like, it wasn't no playing around. You know, if I did something wrong, he tore my tail up or he made me do some kind of farm work or something.
0: Yeah. I, how you feel? Because I want to hear the woman's perspective also, Michaela. How do you feel about it?
2: Um, personally, I didn't get any beatings when I grew up. (laughs) So now I don't, I don't whip my child. Cedric
3: pretty much, he, he wants me to, but I mean, it's hard to do that when
5: I didn't get beatings when I grew up, so. So what about you,
0: Melanie?
5: My dad passed away when I was five, so I really didn't have that father figure until I was like 10. Then my stepdad came in, but I don't know. It was a very different dynamic because I was already much older. So seeing him as a father figure for me personally, it was a lot because we had to move out of Puerto Rico all the way to Chicago. And it's like I'm in his environment now. So I wasn't really that comfortable. And to this day, I still don't call my dad, but I never got what. I was <laughs> like
1: yo hey when, when Mia grew up and you know, she she act out I'm gonna pop her little butt pop her no. hand because like it's just you gotta She's you still little to speak some, about I mean, that like, you have to establish like okay hey that's a no-no pop you know what I mean like when she pulls your hair and stuff right okay she, like, you're gonna like you her is... do it or like you're gonna be like the the, the ladies at the, the bank or whatever and she's
5: exploring right now little
1: tini so... on, the car, hey, on, on the carpet just crying you know what i'm saying <laughs> going crazy and people are like yo you gonna get your kid or what like yesterday right so we're at that that one-year-old party in my homeboys right and we got mia and these little babies start coming up right and they just start seeing mia and playing with her you want to like, squeeze her yeah, cheeks yeah like tap her head hard and shit I'm like yo like i'm sweating because like i don't want to like still form his kid, because <laughs> the parents is watching like, stop, no, come get her ass and, and like, get her yeah. like, Right. I don't wanna put my hands on the person's kids, but it's just like, you gotta teach your kids, like some things are right and some things are, right. all right, don't go to the baby slapping and like, come on, man. Like, If you're a parent, you watching it, like nah, she playing, nah, bro, like come get her, please.
0: <laughs> nah, so when it comes to the whole parenting thing for me, like I do, I completely agree. I do think the older style parent is better just because, yes, like uh, we, we we're in a lot better financial situation than I was when I was a child. And I think that like I don't think that I would be able to live the life that I live if I wasn't raised the way that I was raised. Yeah. And when it comes to you know, all the asking questions and whatnot, and just questioning every decision that that your parents make, coming from a biblical standard, the biblical perspective, one of the Ten Commandments is you're supposed to honor your mother and father. If you're not doing that, then it can, worst case scenario, it can lead to death, all right? And they need to understand that, I'm not telling you not to do something because I don't want you to do it. I'm telling you not to do it because A, I know it's the wrong thing to do, or B, you're gonna get hurt doing it. So you need to just go ahead and just listen. And when you don't listen, there needs to be consequences to those actions. And just having sending them to their room, put them in timeout, doesn't always do the trick. Sometimes
2: you gotta you gotta get your hands a little bit dirty, even though you don't like it. You gotta. I mean, sometimes it's what you gotta do. I mean, honestly, that's how it is in basic training. Like you can't mold a soldier like by just talking to him. Mm-mm. It's not gonna work. You don't. Some people, do um, some
0: people only know pain and repetition. That's the only way that they learn. Yep. And certain lessons, like, you have to know. Like, of course, some people, they go ahead, they touch the stove, and they learn that it's hot. They don't touch it no more. Stuff like that. And The best lessons you learn are from
1: a painful place. Yeah. I mean, look at any any sports team or any type of sports activity, bro. Like, you mess up, you run suicides. Yeah, now you establish that if I make this wrong, I'm running suicide. It's a physical thing, and I'm, I hate it. I'm tired. I'm sweating. I'm out of breath. But you establish that, you know, together, and you know that's bad. Cause and effect. Absolutely. Hey, so
0: the last topic I want to cover, right before we get off of here, is the whole child support thing, right? So there was a few tweets about Black China. You know, she was talking about uh, child support in her situation, and since since we all kind of. Like I said, we've all been in previous relationships, we have kids and whatnot. We all know what that's like dealing with the whole child support thing, right? So here's the tweets. So Black China tweeted, yesterday I had to give up three of my cars, my reasons, morals, beliefs, being a single mother, no support, I'm a mama, right? Then one of her baby daddies, Rob Kardashian tweets, I paid 37,000 a year for my daughter's school I handle every single medical expense. I pay for all her extracurricular activities. I have my daughter from Tuesday to Saturday. Why would I pay child support? And then Tyga, who's our other baby daddy, says, I pay 40K a year for my son's school and he lives with me Monday through Saturday. Why would I pay child support? All right. So... Those are her baby daddies? Yes, that's both her baby daddies. So she's in dire financial straits. And, I
2: understand.
0: So I'm not understanding. Okay, so... She's in dire financial straits, right? And she had to sell her cars and whatnot. And she's saying she needs child support, but she only has her kids on Sundays. Do you think that they should be entitled to pay her some type of money because she's going through financial hardship? No, absolutely
2: not. Yeah, absolutely not,
0: no. I mean, so some people would argue that, and I'm gonna play devil's advocate here because absolutely fucking not. I'm not giving you my money. But let's play devil's advocate here. So a lot of people say when it comes to child support that the child support is supposed to be for the mother to have a place to stay and to be taken care of while even if the kids aren't in a possession for her to maintain the possessions that she has. I mean, even with that being said, do y'all still feel the
1: same way? Oh, equal opportunity. I mean, uh, fall for equal rights. You know what I'm saying? Like you get a job, same (laughs) way I got a job. You support our kids the same way I support our kids. You shouldn't get any more than what you need to raise that child for the time you have. Um, they, need to, they need to put in a, a, a way that like, again, like if I send you a thousand dollars a month, uh, I need to know like where, where it's going, like receipt wise, 400 for daycare, 300 for, for extra activities, whatever. Like, You shouldn't be able to pocket any of that and use it for your own gain. It should go all to the kid. So that's what she—that's what she's complaining about. She has no work, so she's losing the things that she has. Not—not not the ability to take care of the kids.
2: And I wonder how come there's no financial. Now I know this does sound dumb, but I'm just trying to say like how things are so double standard. How come there's no financial relief for a man that can't pay child support? But if somebody who has a child and they custody of the child, if they can't take it, they can go get government assistance. But what if a man actually is trying? Even some of them, most of the time, they probably ain't. But, you know, even if they can't, why can't you say, well, I can't make my child support. Why can't I just get help? But the person who has a child need help to buy food or need a place to stay, they can find those resources. I just think it's wrong. Yeah.
0: To be. The worst part about the child support system is a lot of times the there's a department where they have to, they're required to take a certain amount of that money. And the, the person that had the child or the actual parents only get like a percentage of it. The funny thing about this whole situation here is she's the secondary parent in both of these situations. So if I was them, I'd be petty and I would start charging her child
2: support. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I can't believe she would even say that Anyway. Like, yeah, all right, what? She is all taken care of.
0: <laughs> so I got another question for y'all, right? So in regards to paying child support, so do you think when a parent requests child support from a, another parent, do you think, do you think it's a good thing to sick the child support people on your, uh, on your significant other? If you're the one taking care of the kid, do you think it would hurt the relationship?
3: You have to explain, I don't understand.
0: So what I'm saying is
1: like say, oh wait, go ahead. No, so I, it depends on like, okay. So if you have custody of the kid and the mom isn't paying child support, even though you have her ninety over 50% of the time, right? Um, would you put her on child support? First, obviously talk about it. If she says she doesn't want to do it, then you have the legal rights to, to go around, the legal way and and get child support put on. Um, would it hurt the relationship? At this point, man, like the relationship's over. Like you have that co-parenting, you know, if you have that. Um, I feel like you shouldn't really care about the, her, her feelings or his feelings and that, that matter. It's, it's based off of how are we gonna take care of the child? I'm doing my part, you need to do your part. So sticking them on her, like it, no matter. Like, that's what that's for. Like, if you look at it, <laughs> we're always the ones getting messed up in the situation, more, more often than not. So if we had the opportunity to do it, not trying to be petty, but hey, that's what it's there for us. They use it for us. Why not not use it?
0: You know, I was gonna say, I'm pretty sure since they make a lot of money, like they don't necessarily need it. Of course, pride takes in too, like as a man taking money from a woman. Of course, some men don't necessarily care, but I've seen it so many times where, and this happened to me when I was a kid, where, when child support finally caught up to my father, like he was all upset. He didn't even really want. He like he cut off all communication for a little while from my myself, my mom, and my parent. Like uh, and my mom, and he was just like, you know, like you're gonna do this to me. Like he was upset, and it actually made things a lot worse to the point that. Well, for a while, of course, he was like, Yeah, he was looking at it from a transitional, a transactional standpoint where he was like, you know, I'm gonna get my money's worth, blah, blah, blah. Then eventually he stopped coming around. And I think more or less that may have been the reason. I mean, of course, there's more to it because of course the woman isn't always innocent in those situations. They tell you certain things, they try to poison your mind against the parent. And I'm not saying that was going on, that it was or wasn't going on. I'm just saying that it happens, But uh, I think actually getting formal child support agreements hurts the family. Uh, well, hurts uh, hurts that relationship just in that aspect a lot of times.
3: I mean, ideally, hope, ideally, people shouldn't have to use child support. Ideally, both parents are involved and both parents are taking care of the kids. You know what I'm saying? But unfortunately, yeah, that's not. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not the reality In some situations. There are true deadbeat parents, you know. Ideally though, I don't think anybody has a baby saying, Man, I'm well, no, actually, I don't know. Maybe they do, because look at how many kids Nick Cannon got. That's a whole different story. But I'm just saying, ideally, both yeah. parents are involved and you know. Yeah, if you
0: don't think they use it, uh, them babies as a come up. Some
3: people do use it as a come up. That's true. But yeah. like, that shouldn't that's not how it should be.
1: I think it's weird though for like blended families, because like I have no legal rights over my stepdaughter. Like none whatsoever. I pay for everything she she needs when she's with me. Um obviously I pay like an agreement of child support with my my son to my ex-wife. But uh and like we do the whole like year on, year off income tax. But I don't get anything for my stepdaughter. It's like it sucks and it's messed up, I feel like, but again, that's an agreement y'all would have to talk about. But um as far as like child support, me personally, I, I think I think it's 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 messed up because with my situation, uh, me getting divorced from my ex-wife, like I obviously like I had I had no legal rights, so I didn't have to pay child support for Lying, but uh, she put me on child support, for, well not child, support, we agreed on child support for Delson, and when I, with the money I sent, she was using for both of them. And that's why I say, like, I need to know where my money is going because, like, I, it's not my responsibility to take care of Leilani. That, that's you and the biological. If you don't put him on child support, then why are you putting me on child support? So it was like, it was, it's just the whole system to me is, is, is BS. But, again, that's, that's, that's something else. But yeah, That's how I feel about it. I don't like child support. I agree on what you're saying. Long as it covers everything, you should be straight. Like my money should not be going to you buying new purses. Your money should be going to me buying new stuff. Like I just focus on the kids and a business trip. Like you said, the whole
2: whole child support thing and alimony is was made for a time that don't exist in today. Yeah, like when women
1: didn't work. You know what I mean? Like it's damn near equal now. Like alimony shouldn't be a thing.
2: Yeah, I agree.
0: But I'm not gonna lie, I always get a chuckle whenever I see a man getting al- alimony payments.
1: Like, hey, I'm he, happy. Who oh, is it Mary this? <laughs> Mary J. Wise Husson? Mary J. Wise Husson. Yeah, I'm chilling. I like that. Hey, I'm, I'm, every time I see him,
4: like.
1: This <laughs> it's so rare. Like, you rarely see it.
3: Kelly, no, now it's happening more. Holly Berry paid alimony and child support. Kelly Clarkson. Had a huge. Oh, I seen that
1: one. Support. He get yeah,
3: a lot yeah. of money, and he only gets the kids like two days a month. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Sally. Yeah, the the courts are kind of turning now because I'm seeing a lot of celebrity women paying men child support. That goes to
0: like the feminization of our men, anyway. But oh, actually, I do have one more topic I want to cover because I do think this this would be a good one. So. Just uh, the whole affirmative action thing, because, you know, affirmative action was appealed like appealed a few years back, but the NFL is now bringing it back for their coaches, their coaching staff. So they're supposed to have at least one person of color that's working. a coach. Yes, that's working as a coach on their team. Do you all think that bringing affirmative action back is a good thing or is it a bad thing?
2: I yeah. mean, generally, I couldn't see why they wouldn't have a black coach anyway, considering most football team is made up of black people. So I don't understand why. There wouldn't be more black, like, you know, defensive coach, or offensive coach or whatever, because I know there's good people that's well qualified for that position. But, you know, yeah. good old boys in yeah. some cases. Yeah. It it's
1: is. almost like hypocritical in a sense, though, right? So we push for this this equal opportunity and, you know, equal rights and, like, equal job opportunities, right? But mm-hmm. you, you install a system to where you, you have to hire this person over this person because of their race. So, like, it's, it's counterproductive. Like, it, to me, I get it. Like, it, it makes them hire you or hire a person of color. But at the same time, like, that white dude over there is just as decorated as you are when it comes to doing this job. He got looked over because of his race. So how's that equal to him? Like, how's that right for him?
0: and i was going to say like me me as a man like knowing i got hired into a place into a position just because just mother, of yeah. like it would bother me well i yeah. agree they don't buy I you from i look
2: at it from that perspective
3: i agree with what wingate said at the beginning because the people cedric sorry the people that are doing the hiring the people that are at the top systematically like for generations have been white people you know and they've it's been like a a club that a lot of people couldn't get into. You know, even for myself, I can speak for myself starting a business. When I first started my childcare business, I went to a lot of banks to try to get a loan for my business and, oh, you don't have enough credit history. Oh, you don't have this, you don't have that. I actually ended up getting funded through Carolina Small Business Development Fund. And another, uh, I found out about them because they fund minority owned businesses. So if it wasn't for a type of affirmative action, who knows if I would be able to serve the community and over you know 150 kids a year with my childcare center without it? Because I got told, and I, they made me feel sometimes uncomfortable going into those spaces. I'm you know I'm a, at the time a young black female walking into Wells Fargo, walking into this place, and everybody you see is the opposite of me. You know there it's men, first of all, and they're predominantly white, and so you know when I finally went to a place that was diverse and they were actually looking for people like me and they were willing to take a chance on me you know it was it was like a godsend it was like an answer to prayer so I don't know much about football but I do support you know affirmative action and then but I did see somebody say on Twitter well Maybe they should let um, affirmative action for white men to get onto the NFL because they're it's productive. well
0: they all have at least one white player. So that's I don't know what the percentage is supposed to be Use the I kicker. My biggest thing is that or the quarterback, when it comes to, so yes, I do I do think, but that's not necessarily affirmative action. That's more or less we're talking about hiring into certain companies. And they're trying to, they're trying to break up the whole nepotism, like the whole nepotism thing, it's a fact. but the issue that I have with it, and I've seen it a lot of times is a lot of people like to classify certain things based on race when it's literally just based on their poor, poor performance. Like I have seen it to where people say, you know, such and such is racist. Like, no, it's because you do a shitty job and you, you, you do, you do stuff half-assed as opposed to you doing things the way that you need to do them. So I don't know. There's I don't know how to break it, how to like make it better, but I just don't like the the idea that you know a lot of times people think that is things are based on race when actually it's not. When it's based on poor job performance. If you're not performing, I don't think that you should be able to get the same opportunities as people that do perform.
3: Well, they should probably have some rubric or standards, and well, they designer. do. Oh, they do. Uh,
1: a, a winning record. <laughs> like this is a, <laughs> like if you're not. Producing, you know, and and butts ain't filling the seats, with ticket sales and all that, like that, all that plays into are we gonna fire this guy or are we gonna hire him, you know, for the season or rehire him? I mean, he was Miami Dolphins, like they were trash for a while.
0: Yeah, yeah, he actually led them to a winning season, so he has a legitimate complaint. And then he went to go, he went to go interview for another job, and that that that's what it was. He went to go interview for another job, and matter of fact, there was a Patriots. And uh, Coach Belichick called him by mistake. And was like, hey, man, you got the job, blah, blah, blah. But he was like, oh, it's the wrong, like uh, it was either the wrong Brian or the wrong Flores that he contacted. And he was like, oh, it wasn't actually him that was supposed to get the job. But when he came in to do his interview, they said the, the people that were supposed to be doing his interview were like halfway drunk, that they didn't really have a plan to hire him anyway, even though he, he, did a good job when he was down in Miami he led a losing team to having a winning record which
3: isn't that pretty disrespectful though
0: no that is disrespectful in that aspect
3: drunk like they weren't going to consider him anyway
0: yeah I I do agree with it in that aspect and yes the NFL is one of those organizations where it is they won't even allow a black person to buy a team like uh, at all
1: they've been trying to get that underway but I mean they've been trying to break it down for the past Honestly, since since Colin, like, you know, or Colin Kaepernick did his did his whole his whole little spiel. I mean, NFL has been slowly getting better. But I mean, it's like like Wingay said, it's still a good old boy system. It's always gonna be. Yeah. That, that that's a sad
0: reality of of an organization that is profiting from the labor of a certain like a certain group of people, and you're not even allowing them to own anything,
1: you're not mm-hmm. allowing
0: them to actually be in those leadership positions It's, it's kind of, it is kind of messed up. But I also like to look at the opposite side of every single argument always. And I do know a lot of times people complain and they claim the racist card when they just don't do that. They don't do a great job. And a matter of fact, I know for a fact, every, Every male here, we've seen it. We've seen it where people say, you know, such and such is racist. And you're like, no, you just you just suck at your job.
1: I hate that one. Now I will
0: make sure I bleep the name.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I go like I like them though. I like him too, bro. I, I've always liked him, but he was a good old boy, and he he, he promoted good old boys. I seen it firsthand. I, yeah, you know, yeah,
2: but I, I don't. I definitely don't think he was racist, though. He's up. I said I don't think he was racist, but he definitely was part of the uh, the good old boys club. Hey,
1: racism coming a lot of different forms. I might not want to kill you and hang you, but I ain't gonna promote you. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, I, I still made my
0: shit. That's what it is. Hey, so this part of the show, I'm just gonna go ahead, and we're gonna go around. Uh, any closing remarks that y'all want to make in regards to just people that are listening? I'm just I'm open the floor to y'all, and then I'll say my piece. Uh,
1: to any blended families out there, uh, don't give up. The first year is the hardest. <clears throat> Be harder, who knows? <laughs> but just sit down, talk to each other, understand each other, and one foot in front of the other and walk, walk through faith together. All right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um well since said kind of disappeared, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and
3: <laughs> sign off.
0: So just uh well, do you have anything you want to say? I
3: need to go check on the kids.
0: Uh, you don't have any closing remarks? No, yet? I
3: don't. I'm going to go check on the kids. I'm just That's the
1: hilarious. first thing she
3: about
1: to do, too. Yeah. already. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> so I'm just going to leave everybody with this. Um, you know, I just hope everybody's doing well out there. Your mental health uh, is something that shouldn't be taken for granted. Um, always keep God first. You know, every other thing. Every other thing should fall into place after you keep God first. I said you wanted to add anything. You know, finally came back and Michaela.
2: Okay. Uh, yeah, I definitely think it was a good conversation. Different seeing different perspectives, and you know, seeing that we all like share some of the common things with job. You know, being step parents and being married, having us significant different other, having kids. So it's nice to uh, see somebody else's perspective from the same situation that we go through
0: definitely and just some background info So said, is one of our good friends from work like the way that's where we met him but he's a good dude and um but i'm gonna go ahead and just uh, close this up right, But this has been this uh this has been the we're not experts podcast all right check us out make sure you like comment subscribe and we out peace okay.